Disturbed, everyone. I'm Darren Carp, and I'm here with John Thrasher, of course. Hi. Now, I want... John, don't say anything, because oh. I need... I think I think your mic is speaking volumes right now um, without you saying anything. And what the fuck is on? in the background? Well, It's not allergies, my friend. It's not allergies, although sometimes when I sneeze, I do sound like that. Um... I wanted to say a quick disclaimer at the top of the show. I am in rural Western Maryland, and Darren, you might have heard the news that it is the year of the cicada again. Don't I know it? Every 17 years? Every 17 years, and they are in full force here in Maryland, and I'm sure so many other places where you guys are listening at home. Um, I actually, before the show started, Darren was like, they are so loud today that I might need to find a new, like a different place to record. But I didn't think about it quickly enough because I thought maybe they would die I mean, down. But they, they are didn't. loud, like yeah. louder than I expect. Like I'm yeah. gonna need you to Facetime me after this just so I can hear it, like see, like what it's like outside. Because oh yeah, so so obviously it's a brood that's coming about. This is a big brood every 17 mm-hmm. years. But when I don't know if you remember it, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this brood when you were what 17. What, what's your age? Yeah, I do remember. Years? It okay, was you do. When I was 18, and it was my senior year of high school, so I remember it very well. So when I was a kid, so the brood that comes to my hometown of Montclair, New Jersey, and my mom will know that we have talked about this, like the Mm -hmm. year of cicada, like literally me, my brother and my dad, like my mom, my dad were all into it because when I was a kid, she'll definitely tell me the exact year. But when I was a kid and the brood came, it wasn't, what didn't, it didn't align with this brood that's coming out. I remember my babysitter at the time, this woman named Ritzko. She mm-hmm. would like, I'd come home from school because like, you know, we lived in a suburb, so I'd either take the bus or I'd walk. I'd come home right. from school and she was like sweeping away <gasps> the fucking cicada shells uh. that were piled 10 inches high into Ew. our driveway. Like it was insane. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if my mom, who's definitely listened to this, hi mom, if she's going to have any pictures of the cicada broods because like yeah. literally we talk about this all the time. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is, like, for me, I'm scared of bugs. Right. And a cicada is a type of bug mm-hmm. that would probably normally freak me out. But I think because I know that they're yeah. not harmful, <laughs> right. they don't freak me out as much. But seeing a million of them is very scary. You've been cicada conditioned, if you will. Yes, I have. Yes. I've been cicadaed my whole life. Yes. And uh, and this is it. This is really <laughs> taking taken the cake here. I actually just posted an Instagram story yesterday uh, when I walked outside because it seems like the more sunny and hot it is outside, the louder they get. You know when you're at a concert and like, you know, you're in the venue and it's so loud, but you hear everyone screaming and it's like so, so loud. It's like that times 10. It, you can't even hear yourself speak outside right now. Where I mean, I normally, normally when you say something to me, when you're like, oh, yeah. did you hear that like... <laughs> computer drop or like oh my my friends mm-hmm. like downstairs like did you hear that i can never hear anything uh, okay. this is like it's overwhelming abs- yeah it is overwhelming and it's a little absurd but you know what we're gonna get through it we're, we're gonna, gonna make get our through way it today through. how are you drowning away the cicada was... sorrows in your drink today exactly right by the way a local coffee shop was selling quote-unquote cicada cookies recently i know people are like eating them and like uh, granted like <laughs> I'm all for different cuisines, mazel mazel, go eat your crickets, go eat your grasshoppers. Right. Like, I feel like I'm set. Like, I don't, yeah, like, I'm, I'm good. good. I think I'm good now. I'm, I'm good on the good, bugs. Actually. Yes. Right. Turns out, it turns out it was just sugar cookies in the shape of a cicada, but still, I'm not going oh. anywhere near that. But oh. 
to answer your question, I decided, Darren, to step it up a notch with my drink this week because I was at a liquor store recently and I forgot about this particular brand. I won't say who it is just in case there's any problems with it, but they have every flavor vodka you could ever think of, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I saw peach vodka and I was like, oh. ooh, that would be so good with sweet tea because, you know, I'm a sweet tea girl over here. Oh. So I'm drinking an iced sweet tea with peach vodka in it and it is so refreshing. I highly suggest everyone go and make yourself a drink right now like this. I mean, it, as long as it's drowning out the cicada sound, my I God. Know. Well, like... let me tell you this. The cicadas are so loud. I've been drinking myself silly. Listen to where I am with a drink. Wow. I'm done before we've even gotten started. That's how wow. good it is. What are you drinking? <laughs> well, I was debating a little bit because yeah. um, the the subject of today's case uh, was, was a guy born in Brooklyn, like my dad. My dad was born in Brooklyn, and I was mm-hmm. going to drink my dad's like favorite beer today, which is Heineken, and then I realized mm. I don't really love Heineken. <laughs> so in honor of summer and it being literally oppressively hot, I am going to have a oh Paloma today. Oh, look at you. Yeah, so it's basically like tequila and like grapefruit soda. And that's pretty much it. You can put a grapefruit wedge on it. You can put a lime wedge. I'm not that fancy. I just kind of mix the ingredients and called it a day. But uh, I'm very excited to imbibe and be drowned out by cicadas. Listen, that's that's what this show is all about, right? By the way, I love whenever, I think one of the recent weeks you were like, I found this drink in my fridge. I think about that all the time because you're like, always. sometimes, always. you know, Nadine just buys stuff and I don't know that she gets it, but then I find it later or and I'm like, like, that's amazing. Or I'll, either she buys stuff or it's like, or I'll get stuff like sent to me that's right. like part of something and yeah, then I'll yeah. use part of it and then I'll be like, why do I have this weird IPA in here? Like, <laughs> yeah. how am I accumulating this alcohol? So yeah, yeah. luckily enough for me, I had some Palomas the other night at me and Andy's um, summer party. So That's cute. I, uh, I reorganized with my Paloma and I got my shit together. But shall we get into yes. this week's case? John and I really, really love a new jewelry line and that we've been ranting about for a few months now. They're called Ana Luisa, and you can check them out at analuisa.com. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com. I ordered three pieces. I wear, you know, I'm a very simple type of gal, right? I'm not over for the flair or anything like that. And Ana Luisa provided me with the best gold pieces that I wear every day. Seriously, I never take them off. I layer them, and they look so classy. I get asked about them all the time. And guess what? Right now, you guys listening can get a special discount if you want to treat yourself and your loved ones. Just go to analuisa.com slash shaken and use code shaken to get 10% off. Ana Luisa has so much versatile and timeless jewelry for such affordable prices, starting at just $39. And with 10% off with code shaken, you're getting extremely chic style at such an amazing cost. And when you fall in love with their pieces, you'll never run out of options. Ana Luisa is so unique that they have updated pieces on their website every single week. So go treat yourself and your loved ones and use code SHAKEN to get 10% off. We absolutely love this amazing brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. Go check out analuisa.com slash SHAKEN. Code SHAKEN or click the link right in our show notes. Robert Fisher was born in Brooklyn on April 13, 1961, to William and Jan Fisher. When Robert was 15, his parents went through a messy divorce, which seemed to have long-lasting effects on the way that he viewed the world. We've heard this quite a few times in recent episodes. 
Do you, do you mind if I ask you, because I know your parents are divorced, but I also know they got divorced when you were pretty young, right? Maybe you were four yeah. or something like that? Yeah, like Maybe. three. They were never actually even married. They were just like long-term, you know, boyfriends, Did, girlfriends. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so maybe not legally divorced, but yeah, let's yeah. just say the act of mm-hmm. separating. Do you remember that? Like, was that hard on you? Does that, maybe you no. don't want to go into it, but like, no, did I don't you, mind. Were, you, were you kind of too young to maybe even process that? Because a lot of friends I know, it's like in my 30s, like if my parents got divorced now, I'd be like, good yeah. for you. Like, live your life, go do what you want to do. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Just because now it's like, I kind of understand relationships. And like, right, I right. also know divorce doesn't have to be like, you know, I'm 33. It's not like I live with my parents. So for me, as long yeah. as my parents are very happy, do, like live and let mm-hmm. live. But I do know a lot of my friends who are very affected by their parents' divorce. Mm. Um, and I was wondering if that was you at all. Not at all. No. I mean, I. it's so weird. I have very distinct memories of uh, a house that my mom and dad lived in that they only lived in when I was one year old, one years old for about I don't know, a couple months, I think she said. And I was like, I remember being like, Mom, what about that one house that had like the big TV with the lights around it? And she was like, there is no way you remember that. She was like, we only lived there for a few months and you were not even one yet. Wow. And I have like, yeah, I have these like weird memories, but I don't have any like good or bad memories with my parents at all. Um, My dad, they split, but they were very amicable. So like all through my childhood and growing up, my dad would come pick me up and I'd go to go stay with my dad's side of the family and I'd see them. So it was like, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I just kind of lived life like that and it was fine. And I'm, I know that I sound very lucky because I know, like you just said, Darren, so many. And that's a good thing, right? I think people need to hear the good side of it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And listen, I we're at an age now where I've had lots of conversations with friends who have children who may be going through a divorce, you know, and I'm like, listen, I'm a product of like a happy childhood where, you know, my mom was a single mom of three and she did everything on her own. And, um, you know, I'm a, I think a great example that like, you know, hard work and just, and friendliness and cooperation and maturity. Well, that's, my parents are so great with that. And I feel like I've been a great, I've had a great childhood because of that. A great life. Thankfully. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for sharing. I I wasn't sure. So I know it's personal, but you know. No, I love doing things like that every once in a while on the show because it's like, we just get so in the weeds with murder. It's like, oh yeah, we're human beings. Like we should talk about ourselves. Right. Yes. Sometimes we have shaken and disturbing things too. Yeah. Yeah, Precisely. Well, let's get back to Robert though, because he was a teenager, though he was a teenager when his parents split, Robert's family, friends, and coworkers at Mayo Clinic Hospital all reported that he frequently talked about their divorce over 25 years later. And I should say it's Mayo rather than uh, Mayo. John. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I used to say them the Mayo Clinic all the time, but I guess it is Mayo Clinic. I think it's Mayo, whatever it might be. We'll get into pronunciation and the listener shout outs. We got a little bit of a ding, Darren. Don't I know it. (laughs) Well, to be fair, though, I wasn't the one to say Missouri. That's true. I say Missouri. You did. And then I was just, but I knew it's Missouri. Anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. it. We'll get to it. But anyway, you know, Robert, you know, 25 years later, that divorce, that's a long time. That's a lifetime, essentially. Um, He, quote, he was very, excuse me, quote, he was adamant about not going through a divorce or putting his family through a divorce. He had strong feelings about it and a bad experience. This is the Fisher's family pastor, Greg Cantelmo. So he basically had such a terrible experience with it himself that he did not want to have to go through the same situation in his own life with his own family. And to be fair, I do think there's something about, like, yeah, I, I think, you know, 
everyone wants to grow up in a happy, healthy home, obviously. Sure. Like, but I think that can come in a lot of varieties. For to your sure, point. yeah. And I think also, you know, like people, when you grow up with a maybe a family or or adult authority figures or parents who don't have the relationship that you want, I do think there's some there's something to be said for kind of knowing, seeing a bad example. And yeah. knowing that you don't want that as well. For sure. You, you know, so that can be yeah. turned into something good too for anyone out there who might be thinking about that or the pressure of something. Like, yeah. I think a, a kid's more absorb if you're not happy rather than if you're like married. I think no, that, for sure. you know, anyway. That's well, also, and that applies to a lot of different things, right? Like not to get too in the weeds about this stuff, but I was thinking about my freshman year of college. I was going to be an English teacher, Darren. And I went into, wow. you know, I went to college with all intents and purposes of being an English teacher. And then my, I think my second semester ever, I had to shadow a high school English class. And basically what that means is you go into a classroom, you kind of help and you assist and you take notes and you observe. And I had only been out of high school for a year. But even in that year, I looked at that classroom and what it was going to take to be an English teacher. I'm just going to be completely honest with my own experience here. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, I cannot handle yeah. high school kids. Like, I wouldn't. It was different when I was part of the class, you know. But then, like, I look at, like, the discipline. And I'm sure there are so many teachers right now that are like, oh, my God, I have to weigh in. And please do on social media or our Facebook group. But um, so that's another example where I was like, that's what I don't want Totally. So I'm going right. to go, you know, to a different track. So Absolutely. Good anyway, point. lots of career and life advice here on Chicken and Disturbed today. Um, <laughs> but after his parents separated, Robert stayed with his father and two sisters. As an adult, Robert joined the Navy where he tried and failed to join the Navy SEALs. He later worked as a firefighter before becoming a respiratory tech at a clinic. So lofty goals, you know, he's somebody who's going to shoot for the stars and do the best he can with his life, it sounds like. Absolutely. Well, people who knew Robert described him as an odd man, though, who often displayed controlling and aggressive behavior. Robert had been a hunter since his youth. Friends had some strange anecdotes to share about his outdoorsy experiences, including an incident when he'd killed an elk, then smeared its blood all over his body. Oh. Very disturbing. Okay. okay. Um, another time on a fishing trip robert swam across a lake holding a bowie knife in his teeth i hope i'm saying that right a bowie well, that knife. i could that i could sort of see like that's not that, that's crazy, not that crazy only because yeah. it's like all right you're not going to want to put the knife in your pocket you don't sure. want it to get red or rust so like that's weird the smearing of the blood all over his body though is like a that's little odd. odd yes yeah very like almost like cult-like or something i don't know yeah well, sacrificial it almost yes seems like. that's a great word yes Another family minister, Kenneth Hodgson, recounted a time Robert went over to his house and pointed a 9mm pistol at his head, saying, quote, He let me see the bullet go in, but he, re he decocked it right at my head, and then he goes, Isn't that cool? Oh, okay. So that's also just... weird to do in general, but also weird to do to the family minister. Like, right. am I wrong? Like, this seems a little... Like, of that all would people... That would terrify me. Like, if someone's talking to me and they're wielding a butter knife at me, like, I'm like, can you just put the knife down? Like, yeah. even a butter knife. I'm like, I don't want it to fly out of your hand into my eye. Like, mm -hmm. just so someone putting anything to my head would make me shit my pants. So For that's very sure. terrifying. Oh, my God. Listen, if there's ever been a year to make the dads in your life feel loved and appreciated on Father's Day, 
it's this one. It's been a rough year for so many of us and we all want to do something special for our friends and families. That's why I'm honoring my dad with a heartfelt sentimental gift the whole family can cherish together forever. StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your dad, grandfather, father-in-law, and every father figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with them, especially if you can't be together in person. Every week, StoryWorth emails your dad a different story prompt, questions you'd never thought to ask, like, what is your favorite story about your father and what things are you proudest of in life? StoryWorth has helped numerous families learn about each other in profound, special ways, and their testimonials will practically move you to tears. In fact, StoryWorth has already created a powerful experience for me because I sent this to my dad, and my dad and I have a great relationship, but these questions were questions I never thought of. It's actually truly incredible, the types of things that he's answering. And to have it, it's like I'm getting to know my dad all over again. I'm going to have him for a lifetime. And honestly, there's no shortage of surprises when reading the weekly stories. And they make your family feel close, even if you're not together. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your dad's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. Give your dad the most meaningful gift this Father's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com shaken. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com shaken for $10 off. Well, in 1987, Robert married Mary Cooper, and it was almost immediately evident that their relationship was an extremely unhealthy one due to Robert's need to control his wife. We've, mm. unfortunately, I've seen this many times in a lot of my friends. Yeah. You know, like, interesting thing, you know, my friends were being like, it's so great that Nadine, let, like, Nadine encourages you to go out when she's not around. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, she, she always has been like encouraging of that. And when people say that they're like kind of surprised at that, I'm always like, wait, are you not allowed to are go you out not? without your significant other? Cause... I know. I've had anyway, a lot of conversations exactly like that. So I know. Big exactly. red flag. Big For red sure. Flag and also I think it might. You. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this also goes into what we were saying. Like maybe he has such extreme control. He's like a control freak. Because he doesn't want to see what has happened in his life happen again. You know what I'm saying? Especially with oh, the I, marriage. I, I think it's definitely that. Yeah. Like, if I'm just going to make a psycho, you know, analyst. Analysis. Per, yeah, yeah, analysis about this. Like, I definitely think it's a projection. And, like, he doesn't want to lose someone like his parents. So he's holding on tighter. And obviously, there might be good intention with that. But it's obviously something within himself that yeah. no one wants to feel controlled. Now, in an interview summary, a Scottsdale, Arizona police detective wrote, quote, Robert was an ultra control freak. He said he would tell the kids what time to get up, what time to go to bed, mm. what clothes to wear, what to eat. Now, in theory, I think parents do this, right? Like parents set bedtimes, parents kind of set, mm -hmm. you know, but in this, in this, in this, uh, in this scenario, I have a feeling that this is sort of setting the stage of like, it was probably like either you're getting up at 7 a.m. or I'm going to do something bad. Like it was like a yeah. threat as opposed to like, no, you got to get up to go to school. Now, Alec, this is all my just speculation here. Now, during later investigations, detectives uncovered a lot of disturbing facts about Robert and Mary's marriage. Although their relationship wasn't physically abusive, it was filled with discord and humiliation, including one instance of Robert turning the garden hose on Mary during an argument, which, mm. by the way, I think that there is that is physically abusive, uh, one could I argue. Think so, yeah. Um, but as we as we sort of know here, and I'm not comparing abuses, 
A lot of times though, emotional abuse is even harder than physical abuse because it's the scars you don't see that no one can kind of say like, are you okay? You said that so well, you said that so well, yeah. And I'm not saying I'd rather be physically abused than emotional. No, it's just emotional but... is very hard for other people to, and yeah. it and it sort of can take kind of longer to get over. Um, it's right, because it's internal. Yeah. Right. Now the couple fought often about sex and money. Common, uh, common yeah. thing with couples, but specifically Mary's decision to start working so she could buy her children toys and start a security fund for herself. Robert refused to let Mary decorate their home, mm. allowing only white walls and nothing more than a few pictures on the walls. I have to say, right now my apartment looks the same, but that's just because I haven't had time to hang anything up and I want to do it with my significant other. But You do, however, have the decoration I got you for your birthday, which you're still not revealing publicly, only on Patreon, right? I'm not revealing it publicly, no. And you got me a second gift that That's I'm right. also going to reveal on Patreon. But it yeah. is literally, oh, by the way, my mom came into my apartment this last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of your gift. And she goes, oh, my God, it's huge. And I go, <laughs> I go, yeah. She goes, no, I didn't realize it was that big. And I go, I know, Mom. That's John. And is it that big? I didn't even realize. It's Sorry. like a foot long. It's like a foot long. It's Are you amazing. mad that I'm cluttering your house with trinkets? No, I, okay. I'm so here for it. Oh. Now. Mary's friend Kimberly Davidson told police, quote, her mother made her special things, like quilts. She was not allowed to hang them up. She had to store them in the closet, and he would continually tell her, isn't it time you got rid of that stuff? I wonder Which what is the a purpose no-no. of this is. Like, what is, like, what... I just don't understand the psychology behind people like this, so I won't ever know until I study it, but I, I just don't get all of this. It could be, unless he controls the scenario, he gets anxious. I mean, mm. for a person who's talking about their parents' divorce 25 years later, well into mm-hmm. adulthood, I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying, like, it shouldn't affect you as much. And when I say shouldn't, I think mm-hmm. a lot of things should hit us differently as adults than they do as children. Well, you know, Because we have a, yeah. a better perspective of it. Now, Robert's relationship with his children, Bobby and Brittany, was similarly disquiet he was embarrassed of his 10 year old son because he didn't like to hunt or fish Mm. often complaining to friends and family that the boys refused to grow out of it yikes interesting now Now, we have gender roles playing a part here well and just like your family's expectations of you like you know while i think can be helpful and maybe he wanted to spend time with his son hunting and fishing and blah 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 you also need to give your uh i was just kid like the ability to be himself Himself, herself their self whatever like you need you need room to grow and on a family trip to bartlett lake robert tried to teach his children to swim by tossing them out of the boat and pulling them back on only if they started crying and screaming in the water literally trauma that is trauma from the (laughs) start and robert and his family were very involved in worship and activities at the scottsdale baptist church so that adds a whole other layer to this as well because now you have religion kind of playing a part into some of the decision making let me tell you about the latest true crime podcast that i have been binging morning cup of murder which by the way is the best name for a true crime podcast you remember those desktop calendars that would tell you about what happened that day in history well morning cup of murder took that idea and turned it into a daily podcast that now has over 750 episodes that dive into serial killers cults cold cases murders and more Morning Cup of Murder is the best way to start your day because each episode is less than 10 minutes long, so it's perfect to listen to while having that first cup of coffee or tea or whatever you have in the morning. Morning Cup of Murder can be heard everywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out Morning Cup of Murder today. 
Well, in 1998, Robert and Mary went to the church's senior pastor, Greg Cantelmo, who we had just talked about, for marriage counseling. Quote, it wasn't anything specific. It was how could they be closer given their schedules? The counseling wasn't for any one problem. End quote. That's uh, according to Pastor Greg. Um, in 1999, however, Robert wrote a note to Mary where he confessed to sexual infidelity. Mary told him that she needed some space after realizing that, which is completely understandable. Sure. Robert, yeah, Robert left their home intending to camp alone in the woods of northern Arizona for a month, but he came back after only a few days, promising Mary he would be a, quote, godly father and husband from then on. You know I have a lot of problems with this, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we'll get into more of this here, I'm sure. We'll tackle it. We'll yep. tackle it. <laughs> Robert we'll tackle. Con- yeah, Robert confided in one of his hunting buddies that the experience had renewed his commitment to both his marriage and his faith because he couldn't live without his family. He would consider suicide before he considered divorce. So again, it's playing back into this whole structure of like what happened to him as a child going through a divorce. He just like, really did that. not want to go through it. I do think people, and I'm not encouraging divorce, right? Like, I don't think that, you know, I I don't think that any, you know, you shouldn't be divorced nine times. Like, stop getting married because clearly you're not doing something right. But I do think, I told my best friends this all the time. Um, You know, I was like, listen, everyone deserves to be happy. Right. And like the sanctity of marriage is important. And I know our people had to fight for it to get the right to get married. But I think. And so I obviously gravely value it, but I also think that what, it, and this is just my personal opinion now, and I don't have children, mm-hmm. so, but I do think that's like, what's a more valued life? Like getting a divorce and maintaining your friendships and maybe a relationship with your ex or and your mm-hmm. kids healthily and happily and you get to live your life, or like staying married and being miserable and mm. other people around you absorbing your misery. Because pe- that's what children. people do, yeah. including your children, including yourself, including everything and staying depressed. Like to me, it's a no brainer, but I understand people have their own stigmas about divorce. I just sure. personally don't have that. No, sure. And that doesn't even, not even divorce, but just relationships, breakups or whatever. Like totally, you know, it, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's okay to get a divorce because it means better things are happening for the whole scenario. For everyone. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, however, his infidelity didn't stop there. In 2000, Robert told his co-workers about an incident with a masseuse, worrying that his wife would find out because their encounter had caused him to contract a urinary uh, contract a urinary tract infection. What a godly man. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, the couple returned to counseling, this time with friend and minister Kenneth Hodgson, who I mentioned earlier. However, the relationship seemed to be irreparable, irreparable. You know, I got all kinds of pronunciations, Darren. Yeah, no, Um, I got you. (laughs) In the weeks before her death, however, Mary told several friends she was planning to divorce Robert. Around 10.30 p.m. on Monday, April 9th, a neighbor claimed to have heard Robert and Mary fighting in their home. At 8.42 a.m. on Tuesday, April 10th, 2001, a Scottsdale 911 dispatcher received a phone call reporting the explosion of the Fisher's home. Uh, so here's a quick back and forth. The dispatch says 911, and the caller says, It just like blew up. And the dispatcher says, What's on fire? The caller says, The whole house. So several Whoa. dispatchers received calls about the explosion. Another call log read uh, with the caller saying, The whole house exploded, where the dispatcher asked, Were there people inside the house? The caller responds, Yes, there were, and they're probably dead. 
So what in that the world That seems like could a weird happened? like if I was reported if if I saw something explode, right? Or I saw right. a neighbor's house explode and I called. Yeah. I don't think I mean I would say, you know, the whole house exploded and I'd be like, yeah, there were people inside. I hope they're okay. This looks horrible. Not they're probably dead. Right. No, that totally. That just feels very No. I don't know. A little odd. Now the Fisher residence had indeed exploded Ugh. with 38-year-old Mary, 12-year-old Brittany, and 10-year-old Bobby still mm. inside. Heartbreak. Robert was nowhere to be found. Uh, f- you know what this makes me think of? Why am I blanking? We did the, um, uh, the disappearance of Susan. Yes. Um, Susan Cox Powell, Josh Powell. Susan Cox Powell. I like. I was blanking there mm-hmm. when um, with the kids and the social worker, and then right. he lit the house on fire. I just like... It still haunts me to this day. Now, me too. Like I said, Robert was nowhere to be found, and firefighters arrived on scene with three minutes, uh, within three minutes of the explosion, and they were able to keep the twenty-foot-high flames from spreading to nearby homes. Just wow. pretty impressive. That is a series impressive. Of, a series of smaller explosions then went off, which investigators believed to be either rifle ammunition or paint cans. Oh my God! So that's just In- like happening around the house. I'm assuming. I guess, like, you know, it's kind of like you hit something that's flammable. If the fire hits something, then it's going to be that. Now, Detective T.J. Jaron investigated the scene after the blaze had been put out and immediately knew something was wrong. A natural gas line to the home had been cut, Mm. and an accelerant had been spread throughout the home and over the three bodies. So that seems like a murderish thing to me. Well, Uh, at the very least, it's definitely premeditated. Definitely premeditated, but definitely a homicide of some sort. I mean, or a weird murder-suicide thing. Because for your main gas line to be cut, I mean, that's devastating for most families. And then to be put doused in an accelerant. And the bodies were not found in sort of these, quote-unquote, fleeing poses. All three were found in bed. Hmm. And Mary's body was found with her throat slashed and a bullet wound to the back of her head. But even worse, which... I'm not sure how we could get worse. Bobby and Brittany, uh, their throats had also been cut. Mm. So this is, I mean, again, Brittany's 12 and Bobby is 10. Right. Just putting that a little bit into perspective here. Quote, he slit their throats while they were sleeping in bed, recounts Detective Jaron. He slit his wife's throat and then the FU shot was the bullet in the head. It is believed the fire was started by a candle that had been intentionally left burning after the murders had been committed and the gas line had been cut. And SWAT teams searched the area for Robert but found nothing. They believe he had, quote-unquote, some sort of alternate means to leave the area. Well, my thoughts immediately go to where was he camping? You know, he was going to go camping in Arizona. He clearly has some kind of place. Right, he's a camper, he's a hunter, you know. Right, Right. that's smart. That's smart. Heartbreaking details um, with that. But on Friday, April 13th, that's right, Friday the 13th, Robert was officially declared a homicide suspect. In an interview, Officer Scott Reed declared a statewide alert for Robert, noting that he should be considered armed and dangerous. So this guy's whole family uh, just be- has just been murdered and burned, you know, to the ground, and he's nowhere to be found. Like, that's obviously very suspect, very sussy. Very um, sussy, very the, sussy. The search was on for Robert. At first, investigators turned up with a few leads. There were photos of Robert that turned up at an ATM the night before the explosion. He withdrew $280. Not a lot of money, so that's not like... To me, that's yeah. not like something where it's like you need the cash to go run away. Totally, you know, like yeah. two, 280 isn't really a limit that no, we're hitting definitely here. Not. You know, 
Right. Well, reporter Brianna Whitney commented, quote, My personal thought is that the eight, uh, is that the ATM was what I'll call a breadcrumb to us to say that I'm not there. I'm smarter than you. I got away. End quote. That's true mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're if you're taking money out of an ATM, you're saying, hey, I'm right here. But can you find me? You know, maybe right. that kind of a thing. Right, exactly. Well, 10 days after the explosion, the Fisher family's Toyota SUV was found abandoned at one of Robert's favorite hunting spots with a pile of human feces outside the passenger door. Very disgusting. Um, Jesus. So lots of like, yeah, morbid and gross details here. Investigation teams searched the forest for days, but turned up nothing. Detective Jiren recalled a phone call he received right before the car was found. Quote, I got a call from a couple that was actually up there a few days before we found the truck, and they were on the old young road. The two saw a man walking toward the highway. As she passed him, she looked at her husband and said, that looks like Robert Fisher. So I believe he walked out of there. End quote. That's very haunting. Like, I was like picturing all that in my head as i was recounting yeah. it and i'm like ew that's like a creepy murder movie um yeah. imagine seeing I mean, someone even just to find the car in one of his favorite hunting spots yeah like it, <sighs> yeah, yeah very very yeah. weird some investigators believe robert may have repelled into a nearby underground cave to escape capture i, I mean guess that's possible like who's I repelling guess. down caves like I guess. That's yeah, it's Batman like a, shit. I know, truly. It's like Bruce Wayne up in this bitch. Yeah. Um, Except t- the evil. So it's like the Joker. <laughs> the evil one. Right. There you go. Yeah. Well, search teams scoured the cave, even setting off flash bombs, but still found nothing. Brian Rackley, an experienced caver, has worked with investigators in the search for Robert, stated in an interview, quote, there's a lot less oxygen than you're used to. The carbon dioxide comes from decomposing plant matter. It prevents your lungs from absorbing oxygen. If you hit a pocket of bad air, all of a sudden, it'll feel like you're like the wind has been knocked out of you, end quote implying that Robert likely would have not survived long if he had sought escape in the caves. Um, also, like, what's your end game after doing totally, that? Totally. That's what I was just thinking. Like, I'm how like, do you get out of that? Totally. Well, although tips have poured in to try and assist with the manhunt, and they still, to, still do to this day, none have ever led anywhere, Darren. To this day, Robert has never been found, dead or alive. In 2002, he was placed on the FBI's top 10 most wanted fugitive list, where he remains to this day. And this is one of the crazier stories that we've done on our show, where, you know, usually we, we tie things up. You know, there's a conviction, there's a sentencing, there's, you know, all the details. But Robert has never been found. And I go back to the thought or the 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 detail where he said he would rather commit suicide than go through divorce and you know part of me just wonders if maybe he walked into the woods and sadly killed himself i mean sadly in the sense of a human life by the way and obviously like he's never been found so he's never been convicted so we can't fully say whether or not he did the deed i think there's a lot of sussy things that are coming out of this like if my wife and children were burned up in a house um i'm pretty confident i would appear uh at least to mourn their lives if i cared so the fact that he never turned up says a lot about him as yeah. just a person, not necessarily as a murderer, but maybe as a husband and a father. Um, mm-hmm. But I think going back to your point about I'd rather commit suicide than um, get divorced. Well, I mean, allegedly or potentially, I think for him, 
that's a lot of motive to kill your family. Uh, you know, mm. I'd rather them, I'd rather kill them than have them suffer through the pain. And I'm not saying this is like a pious thing. I'm just saying that like, no, yeah. you know. That's and, a great and, point. And, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. And I, like, I could kind of see that, you know, and yeah. just the fact that he was sort of able to escape. You know, I wonder how much religion kind of plays into this. I mean, mm. this is so weird about being like a godly man and then, you know, even if he didn't kill them, for the him not to even turn up to mourn them or fight to see who did, how the house got burned down. Right. Um, you know, like being in all three of them in their beds, an accelerant on them. Yeah. Their throats are slashed. Uh, this is very sacrificial in a way. Mm. Um, you know, having them be in their uh, in their beds, I feel like is. You know, I'm curious if they like if he like drugged them beforehand or something like yeah, that, so they didn't feel it. Oh, and maybe maybe he didn't do it. I don't know. I think there's a lot of sussy things to imply that he probably <laughs> did. Um, but the fact that he remains a mystery, I mean, my God, like he could be anywhere or nowhere. And, you know, I mean, he could have fled to Canada. He could have fled to Mexico. He yeah. could be anywhere in the world right now. And it's hard to think of someone being completely missing because there's so many people. But I, know. I guess if and when you want to vanish, I guess you can apparently you can at least this guy did in the early 2000s so there you go wow what what a uh what a case yeah. um let us know what you guys think on our facebook group uh our facebook page obviously you know john and i are also on social media at jay thrasher at carpe darren um let us know if you've heard of this case knew anyone that maybe have had a potential sighting look them up just in case i mean obviously yeah, this is true. now 20 plus years Someone could look different, even if he's alive. What I'm curious was, like, did he marry again? Right, totally. But, like, then you would be on the record. But I guess that he could change his name. I guess. I've, I've never understood that. I'm always like, how does somebody completely change their identity in the United States in the year 2000? You know, like, how possible is that, actually? Maybe that's another episode. You know, I go and try to change my identity. Yeah, no, I think you should. <laughs> because the cicadas are after you, my friend. Let me say that. That's true. And I'm going to yeah. definitely be murdering some of them in the next couple of days. So, Well, I, let, let's... Uh, if you if you survive, it sounds like you yeah. might be slightly outnumbered, but maybe I'm wrong be. about this. But uh, <laughs> let's get let's get to some cicada shout-outs uh, for the end of this. Cicadas. Uh, let's get cicators. to some cicada shout-outs. Yeah, cicadas. Well, well, Scarlett in our Facebook group wanted to let us know how to pronounce a certain state, Darren, that we misspoke about. or maybe I did I not did. misspeak. Yeah, I did, did not. Or I mean, I did. Yes, yes, yes. She because said, I know it's fucking Missouri. Let well, me tell you. I was saying Missouri me? to make fun of you. Oh, you were making fun of me. Was I saying Missouri? Because that's not how I would typically say it. No, I mean, I think that we said it as like a okay. joke. Because like, I don't think uh, I've ever heard you say Missouri. But I also no. think because you're what south of the mason dixon line <laughs> yeah. maybe you have a little bit more southerny twang yeah than... maybe yeah. so i thought you were just like kind of saying it as like a joke i see gosh okay got it well she says but, yes scarlet says guys in the nicest way possible from someone who has lived <laughs> in missouri their whole lives it's missouri not missouri so listen i said missouri it sounds like darren said missouri we got caught up in a joke Let's all learn from this. I will say it's been a fun little joke with my family because my grandparents, instead of saying Italy, they say Italy. And it's oh, so funny to man. us. We don't know why or how they ever learned it or why none of us, like the kids or grandkids, say it. But, 
you know what? To each their own. Everyone has their own upbringing when it comes to language. So. And I just, and I, Scarlett, I got to shout you out again, just because you're like, I love that when someone's like, in the nicest way possible. I know. How kind. But it's like, but like her way was so nice where it's like, if I'm saying something, I'm like, no offense, but you're <laughs> right. really ugly. You know? No and you're like, but don't, you're but don't take offense. Person. Right, exactly. It's like, no offense, you're an idiot, uh, which, yeah. you know, thank you, for Scarlett, for not making us feel like idiots. Yes, Josh you. also at our Facebook group brought up a moment from oh, last yeah. week's episode saying, is no one talking about John Thrasher's use of the word vagina in the most recent episode? I did a quick scan and didn't see any post about it. Now, I saw this in the Facebook group and yeah. I saw your response, John. Yeah, yeah. I wanted you to address it, but I will say yeah. from my perspective, yes, I did hear you say that. However... Because of the nature of the dialogue of what mm-hmm. we were talking about, it it felt too tonally. It felt like too much of a tone shift For to be sure. like, yes. oh yeah. Then he you know brutally you know mm-hmm. attacked her, but you know it just felt wrong. Were you in that same yeah. kind of boat as me? Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I wanted to bring that up too on the show. I'm and thank you, Josh, for making that point. Uh, also, Josh, it thank yeah. you for being yeah. the vagina radar because Mama needs it. <laughs> Mama needs it. That's amazing. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, listen, I've said this. We've made a joke about this for years now, me saying the V word. And I don't have a problem with it in all reality. I don't, especially when it pertains to something so horrific like this. You know, if if it's part of the details, if it's part of the show, I will. And I feel like always have said that. Um, But like I've maintained with, you know, the the fun of it on the show is like, you know, I'm not just going to haul off and say the V word for fun. You know, that's just not... Um, He's got standards, people. I've got standards, people. So He's in that particular standards. moment, <laughs> the victim, you know, sadly, was it was such a brutal description. And Darren, you were smart yeah. to sort of uh, read it that way, too. We just don't want to make light of that. That's really all it is. We have a lot of respect and take a lot of caution when we share these stories with you guys, actually. So in that moment in particular, it just wasn't the right time to make a big joke out of it. But we appreciate that you guys picked up on it at the same time. No, and please continue to pick up on it, because that being said, <laughs> if you want to hear John say vagina, he does say it a lot on our Patreon I lives. Say it. Yeah, I have. So yeah. along to understand what John got me as my birthday gift, as well as hear him <laughs> say vagina, you guys got to join our Patreon. And you can, you can now get 15% off yeah. of our Patreon if you actually subscribe annually, and this means no monthly billing issues, you just subscribe for a year up front, you're all set. You can go to patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. Honestly, if you don't want to do that, completely fine. If you believe it's month to month, we just are so grateful for all totally. your support. Again, we say it every week, but we're being independent out here. And, uh, you know, John's living in Cicadaville, so <laughs> it's it's tough out here. Like It's, it's tough it's, out here. It's tough out here. Now, I have Cicada's to spend had... a lot more money on car washes, to be completely honest. Well, I, I was going to say, and if, and if cicadas have vaginas, and I'm not sure the anatomy <laughs> of a cicada, you are surrounded by many, my friend. Oh, and dear. Uh, The punishment is worth enough, I feel like. Uh, this is your punishment for saying Missouri, potentially. I'm never going to look at a cicada the same way again because of what you I mean, just said. So sweetie, how that. often are you looking at cicadas, baby? Um, are you kidding? There are swarms of... I'm looking out the window right now, and it's like... It looks like a swarm. Like, they are can literally you, Can everywhere. you send me a picture? So here's the thing. I take pictures and video, but I guess because they're so small... It doesn't really look like anything like in person. You know, like when right. you take a picture of the moon and you're like, oh my God, the moon looks so amazing. And I know, then and then it's the like a dot like in a the dot. sky. Like, yeah, it's yeah, the exact like, same thing going on here. But I will definitely, I'm going to take a video and I'm going to post it 
in our Patreon sometime in the next couple of days so people can see what I'm dealing with. And if you can pick up on the swarms of cicadas, then there you go. It's like when people take videos at concerts and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, how, how you're not like, you're not looking at that again. You know, no. you're not, you're not going like back to that front row and like Lady Gaga well, reached cool. out to you. Then fine. Yeah. Right. Which happens to me often. That's but right. uh, <laughs> that's it for this week's Shaken and Disturbed. Obviously, keep those recommendations coming of cases you yes. want us to cover. We are keeping a running doc. We're going to get to more uh, documentaries and everything. But right. I will. we will see you all. You will hear us uh, rather next week <laughs> on another episode of Shaken and Disturbed. And you'll hear the cicadas next week probably as well. See you guys uh, next time. <laughs> Lord help us. All see right. you next time. Bye. Bye.